And we are back, and we are the Run Duo. I am Tommy Mitchell. And I am India Cook. What's, What's up, up, guys? Episode, episode 67. 67. 67. You got to say 67. 67. We got yeah. a great guest today, uh, Sydney Baptista. So stick around so you can listen to him. Yeah. Great guy, the founder of the Pioneer Run Crew up in uh, the Bean Town in Boston. So yeah. stick around to listen to him. Uh, he's an India fine. He's a good guy. I really enjoy speaking with him. How you doing today, India? I'm good. I'm really excited about our interview today. Uh, Sydney is amazing, so I'm really hype about that. I'm glad that uh, he was able to speak at the Boston Marathon, so I'm really, really excited. I'm glad I found him. But other than that, I'm doing pretty good. Today was a good day. Stayed busy doing my own thing, and yeah, it's good. Episode dropped today on my YouTube channel about motivation, so I'm feeling good. The motivation. 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 Yes. Give me a little preview. What, so kind of what did you talk about? I mean, I don't want you to give it all away because I wanted to go look at it, but kind of give me a little preview of what you talk about today. Yeah, so today's episode, so I realized there was, there was a couple of people that just kind of DM me about like what keeps me motivated and like how I'm still running and doing all this stuff when everything in the world's going on. So like, and so I was thinking, I was like, maybe I should do an episode on that. Um, and then I realized that myself, I still get into points where I'm not motivated to do, to run. And I realized that a lot of times we lose motivation when life, life happens, right? Like when you got work stuff going on, you got personal stuff going on, you got this, you got that. It's just changes in life just makes you not want to do anything else. And your priorities of health and fitness gets, it falls to the wayside. It becomes last. Yeah. Um, and so I really want to talk about that. And the other thing that coupled with that was I went to, I went and found a run group here in the Roswell area where I moved to, because as you all know, I used to live closer to where Tommy lives. Um, and I used to run with black girls run over there, but because I moved, I don't have that connection anymore. And then of course, with the pandemic, a lot of run groups aren't meeting up anymore. Um, but I connected with someone that I used to run with at Movers and Pacers. And she lives in the Roswell area and she told me about a run group that she likes to run with. So I was like, you know what, let me try it out. You know, it wouldn't be any different than, you know, running on a trail or whatever, just, you know, keeping your distance from people. But I was like, I need the motivation. So this week's episode, I gave five tips on how to stay motivated. And one of those tips was running with a group and having accountability. And so I also videoed um, me at that run group and kind of explained my and showed my experience at that run group so it's a, okay. it a really good time yeah cool, really, really cool. Good time. great to hear so what so, else is going on with your life anything um nothing super super huge i'm um i'm i'm excited i am coming up on i'm looking at my calendar so on september 21st I um, partner. I am teaming up with. I am on the diversity run team for Woman Run the Vote, and that is Wazel and Run Run for All Women, which is an organization that Allison Dozier um, started. So they are doing a virtual, basically virtual ultras all over the place. And so they wanted to come together and travel from Atlanta all the way up to DC, basically. Each team makes, um, runs 680 miles collectively. So they're hoping to have 15 to 20 people on each individual team. Um, and so I'm on a team of 20 people, thank God. <laughs> And so all of us have to run about 35 miles a piece um, to, to make up the 680 miles over seven, day, seven days. So I'll be running basically a 10K or six miles a day for seven days straight starting next week. 
So I'm really mm. excited about that. I'm a, I might have uh, bit off a little bit more than I can chew, but I mean, I am training right now. So it, it kind of fit into a training cycle, probably a little bit more miles than I would normally be doing, but it's going to keep me consistent, which again, I'm here for. And it also keeps me motivated because at the end of the day, those, my team is going to be looking for me to submit some miles. So I got to do them. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. Well, congratulations on that and good luck on, yes. uh, on the miles. Yes, I'm really excited about it. And if I think there may still be some openings on some other teams that um, if you're interested, so definitely check out Wazell's website um, or Run for All Women. And, you know, they're raising money to go towards um, Black Voters Matter initiative, which basically gives money towards uh, marginalized Black communities. So I'm really excited for the initiative that the money is going towards and really happy that they're pulling it together. Sounds great. Sounds great. Sounds like a great cause. So, of course, we'll all be cheering for you. Yeah. Virtually, yes. we'll all virtually be, be raising our hands. Uh, yes. <laughs> some, give me some motivation. Give exactly. me some Exactly. Yeah, especially on that like fourth or fifth day. I need a little, I might need a little extra. The first three or so <laughs> days, I'm going to be real pumped and I have my own cheering. But probably after that, I'm going to be like, Lord, y'all help me. Green Epsom salt and a green alcohol. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, speaking of virtual, I want to congratulate everyone that uh, ran the virtual Boston Marathon. I know here in Atlanta, um, Lace Up Fitness, um, they uh, did, I'm not sure where they were, but I see they, they made up their own finish lines and, you know, things like that. So that, that was really interesting in this time when we can't get to a marathon for them to get together and all the people that were running it kind of had their own bottles and they had cheer squad and, and people having hydration for them. So I want to congratulate them on that. Yeah. I just, you know, I say it's one thing, Tommy, to do a 5k, 10k virtually, but I think when you do a half marathon and a full marathon virtually, like that's just, it's just another beast. Cause 26.2 miles already is not nothing to play with, let alone doing it without like, the ambiance of a race right like it's just different so congratulations to everybody that took on that challenge and completed the boston marathon 2020 yes indeedy yes so um i don't know if you saw did you see that nike launched the maternity line no yeah I, mean, so I wouldn't be wearing it so i might not have been looking for it as hard but that's good that they did <laughs> Yes, I am here for it. Um, I am here for it. I make. I think it's. I'm excited that you know things are evolving. Let's let's do inclusion not only with representation with color, but less body body image as well. So I think that that's awesome that they're they're doing that. And you know, fit mamas can be working out at the same time of growing a little baby human. So I think that that's awesome. Exactly. So yeah, that that's great that they're doing that. I haven't seen any other lines that have done that. So you know, you know, they're kind of in the forefront on that one. Yeah, there's a few that are out there that that have the that that have the maternity lines, but yeah, it's it's few and far in between for sure. Yes, indeedy. Anything uh, myself personally, um, my my running is just staying consistent. Um, I'm looking forward to um, the race. Um, it is virtual. Um, it sounds like we're gonna have it in a few different locations. I think I'm gonna go and do the Michelle Obama trail, I guess. Um, cause I think that might be the closest one, uh, to me. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to do that. And then I'm looking forward to the 10 miler for the, from the Atlanta track club. Yeah. So you and I are both doing the 10 miler. Right, what time did you sign up for? 8 a.m. Okay, I think everybody, I, I want to say after the 8 a.m. crew is done, I think they might as well just shut, like close down shop. <laughs> I feel like everybody signed up for the 8 a.m. crew. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, well, I I probably know at least seven people for the 8 a.m. Mm. crew, so I'm excited about that. Yes. But speaking of the race, everyone, um, Tommy and I are hosting the Race Expo. So we are very, very excited to be hosting the Race Expo 2020 that will be taking place the weekend, the week of October or Friday, October 2nd. So definitely be checking that out. We talk about the race often here on our podcast and we're just really excited to be hosting it. We're going to be doing a couple panels, a couple podcast panels and a couple different things that'll that'll keep you excited. And if any of you all have been watching the Boston Marathon um, Expo that they've been having going on over the last week, um, the Race Expo is going to be very similar to that. And we're just going to be bringing some goodness and it's not going to be your regular expo. So Tommy and I are really excited to be um, hosting that for you all. Now let's, let's make sure we get it straight before Tess kills us. So we are hosting the Race 2020 Speaker Series excelled by Citizen Trust Bank and the expo is excelled by Juvari, J-U-V-A-R-E. So we want to make sure we, we get the sponsors in there because the sponsors are very important. Yes, they are very important. So thank you to all the sponsors <laughs> of the race and everything that everybody that's helping to put that on. Very excited about that. Yeah, so yeah, because uh, Friday um, the, on the 2nd, um, I think we're doing one together and then you're doing one and then I'm doing one um, separately. So the, pa the, the speaker panel is going to be great. Just make sure you guys, you guys tune in. Yes, definitely check it out. And you'll be hearing Tommy and India majority of the day. So definitely <laughs> listen out for us. And listen, we're really excited about it. And it's just going to be a great experience. And if you have not already registered, you can still do that race virtually. There's a 5K and a half marathon. So definitely go on over to theracebc.com to be able to win. Yes, if you're in Atlanta, come on out. Obama, oh, Michelle Obama Trail, come on out. You can run with me. Um, yeah. or pick me up when I fall, you know, whatever the case may be. He's not speaking to that into, into his, I'm doing a 5k. I'm gonna be out there cheering y'all on. So <laughs> get a little, little cheer squad going on for y'all. <laughs> You're not going to go ahead and do the half with us? No. <laughs> That's in like two weeks. No, bro. I'm good. Would you say no? That's in like two weeks. No, I, I did. No, 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 I'm not. I'm not ready for that. I will be ready for the 10K. Oh, I did forgot to mention this. I haven't even announced it on uh, social media yet, but I did do the, I did sign up. So I'm a noon ambassador and they are doing a noon ambassador half marathon, virtual half marathon. So I'm really excited about that. It's just for the ambassadors. And so that's November 1st. And so I, no, not November 1st, November 7th. November 1st is the 10 mile and November 7th is the half. Okay. So I will be okay. doing a half in 2020. It's going to be virtual. So I'm really excited about it. So. <laughs> well, great. We're going to go out and cheer you on. <laughs> yes. Come cheer me on. I don't know where I'm doing it yet, but 13.1 miles will, will be completed on November 7th. So. <laughs> So they're just doing it just for the ambassadors. Yes, it's just for the ambassadors. Okay, gotcha. No, that's cool. That's just nice. Yes, I'm really excited about it. It's they're giving us a training plan, week by week training plan, and everything. So they give us a a training plan every. I think it drops every Sunday, um, and they email it to us. So it tells us how much strength training, what we're gonna do every every single day. So it's good to have a training plan that's wrapped in, and we're kind of the ambassadors are like cheering each other on. So it's really exciting. Well, let me ask you this. So when you go out, so right now, so it's, it's, it's September. So do you run with hydration every time? Depending upon my mileage. What's the, what's the cutoff? When do you, when do you stop or when do you start, you know, running with hydration? Usually a 10K is when I start. 
So usually six miles, I usually keep hydration on me. So anything under six, you don't have anything? You don't drink anything? Okay, tough gal. In this hot sun? No. Wow. I got, okay, I give you credit. I, have, I, need, I need some liquid. No. And you... usually I need something enhanced. Like I rarely run with just water. Um, usually has like I'll throw a, a noon tablet in there or I'll run with Gatorade or something like that. Um, so on my short runs, mm -hmm. I, I usually, and I think that's because I'm usually, I'm hydrating throughout. So like my, my hydration during the days are a hundred ounces minimum. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm drinking a lot of water and a lot of electrolytes, whether it be noon or Gatorade. I'm also, I also take, um, Martin supplement the, the, the powder mix for, for mm -hmm. Martin. So okay. I also take that. Um, but yeah, usually five to six miles is when I literally carry something on my runs. So, and I think it's just more so convenience. And a lot of times when I'm doing those quick runs, I'm just like, let me go get it done and come back. And I just don't carry something. Um, but yeah, usually five to six miles is when I make sure I have something strapped on me. Yeah. So, well now, and, and I usually look at my humidity, like after my run, usually mm -hmm. on my Strava, it'll tell me what the humidity was when I started. And in the morning, it's almost like humidity is higher. Like my humidity is usually like 90 to hundred percent, um, in the mornings. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, um, the other day I filled up my water, but I left without it. And I really didn't even notice it until I got back and I was exhausted. And I was like, what, what happened? Why am I so tired? And then I was like, Oh, I forgot my water. And actually, you know what? I was so twisted in the head when I got home. I was like, did I leave my water out on the, on the, on the pavement somewhere? Because oh, a lot wow. of times I'll stop. Like if I want to change my music or change from one podcast to another, I'll like put my water down, you know, take my belt off and, and change it. And I was like, did I put it down somewhere? And he was like, no, it's downstairs. You just, you left it. You just didn't even, didn't even run. Well, I did six. It was six that day. Okay, um, yeah. that morning with six, I need something because with six, I'm also, I'm also using, um, using my gels. So whenever mm -hmm. I know that I'm going to have to use gels, I always have something to drink on me. So I think that that's kind of the thing too, is like when I know I'm using gels because of the distance and the, how much time I'm going to be on the pavement, I definitely have something to drink. What gels you, are you using? You, you using oh, that's what I had to say. Yeah. You're using Martin. Yeah, I well. use Martin. I also use, um, I have the cliff to uh, the, the blocks. Mm -hmm. I use those sometimes, but I usually do Martin just because the blocks, it's just too much to chew. And I just feel like with Martin, I can literally take like two gulps and I don't even like break that gel down. I just swallow it. Um, and so <laughs> it's better than the glue. Like the glue mm. is just too much. Mm. I swallow it like, like Um so that's what I use. And then of course I'm using, I do honey stingers before I run. Those are like my pre-run snacks. If I'm just doing something. You mean like a, uh, the waffle? Is that the what waffle. you're talking about? Okay. Yeah, I do the waffle. And then sometimes I'll do the honey stinger, the packs of their gels. But again, like it's so bulky. Like it's hard for me to, I don't like having a lot of stuff on me. So I mm -hmm. like whatever the sleekest packages, I will figure out how to do it. So with the Martin, I can slide it in my, my water pack or I can slide it in my spy belt on the side of me and I keep it moving. So. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm pretty much just, I mean, you know, I'll run that when I run my 10 miler, I did have a chew that I'd gotten for free. Like I'd run something on Strava and they sent me these chews and yes. I just, and I just used, I think it was honey stinger if I'm not mistaken. I'm not, I'm not, I'd have to go look and see. And for my 10 miler, I had been using those, but 
beyond that, I really have gotten away from using the um the what am I trying to do? Like I, I used to be big into it, but I just it's just so nasty. I can't I can't take it anymore. Well, you know the goo formula, the actual goo, mm-hmm. the actual uh brand goo, I can't use. It messes up my stomach. I will be going to the bathroom so i just can't when i first i don't know what happened when i first started running distance run that's what i was using and mm-hmm. then something, something shifted in this body of mine and <laughs> i can no longer use goo so i've been using martin for a while and it doesn't mess up my stomach so yeah and actually i actually sometimes i used to just do uh just like honey packets like yeah. i'll just grab some and use that just to give me a burst of energy yeah, whatever on a, on a longer run Swedish fish. I know one of my videos, I told people about gummy bears, like all that stuff. If you don't want to, or don't have, cause I know that stuff is expensive. Like those packs are like, like Martin packs are like three, $4 a, a pack. Like, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So it's like, if you don't want to buy that, you can get a whole big old giant bag of gummy bears. It'll, it'll get you a little ways. It'll get yeah. You yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of, you know, where I am in my running. I feel so much better about my consistency. I still haven't gotten any faster, but I'm just glad I'm able to get out and, you know, do my miles pretty consistent um on most weekends and weekdays um i need to get to some some track work i need to uh do some speed work i just it's hard to find the time for me for uh for the speed work because i run early like i get up at you know 4 4 30 in the morning usually mm-hmm. to run during the week and you can't i can't go to tucker high school at 4 4 30 morning because they'll be locking me up so mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i have to you find a way to get to a track it's hard to find a track that like you're not going to be concerned if somebody calling trespassing on you behind. So. Exactly. Yeah. Especially right now. <laughs> yeah. Right now. I definitely, you know, they, Hey, Hey, what you doing over here? You know, I told somebody that the other day, I was like, yo, if I go with the football players over there, I'll be good. Cause I know one of the head coaches, coach Lamar, I know his, his sister. So I was okay. like, the football players of Tucker, I was like, if the football players is over there, I think I should be good, but I probably wouldn't roll up there any other time because i feel like somebody would call trespassing on me but well i mean I, there are people like and we're talking about tucker high school here in, in atlanta which is a honestly i think i've known people going there to run on their track for years mm-hmm. um but just right now with covid you know they might be a little bit more you know strict, strict on about yeah about the rules about people being out there i know on saturday there's always people out there you know running but i don't want to do my my speed work on saturdays on saturdays i like to run long mm-hmm. you know I don't really want to be doing speed work. So I, I'll figure it out. I might have to, because I used to, when I, when we lived downtown um, near the Beltline, I used to do my speed work on the Beltline. Yeah. Um, I would just measure it out and, you know, kind of do it that way. So I might figure it out to do it that way as well. For sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, we got a great guest and we're going to bring him on right now. And we are back with another great guest. We have Sydney Baptista. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good. I'm good. How are you, Tommy? I am doing wonderful. We want to thank you, first off, for taking time out of your day to speak with us. Um, India found you because you were, yes. you were I guess you were, uh, moderating um, for the Boston Marathon Expo. You were moderating a, a, a panel, I guess. Um, yep. Kind of tell us a little bit about that, since that's how we kind of got introduced to you in the first place. Sure. Uh, so uh, this year, there was the obviously the Boston Marathon was virtual, and there was a virtual panel, um, and I got connected to um, to someone uh, who I think was working at Lululemon or working with Lululemon. I've been doing some work with Lululemon in the past, um, and she was telling me I was telling her about the things I was working on. I was telling her about my running team. 
telling her about the podcast I was working on. And I was like, you know, I had, I got into the, to the uh, habit of telling people everything I'm doing just in case they might be able to help. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, right. And then, uh, and she, um, she was like, you know, I know someone at the Boston marathon. Um, and, and I was like, connect me, please connect me. Uh, and then, so I got connected to the folks that are actually, um, that put on the virtual, uh, expo. Mm-hmm. So not necessarily the BAA, but they, uh, they, they hired a, a, a firm to help put together the virtual uh, marathon. And I got talking to him and he, he asked me to pitch them ideas and I went straight with, you know, how can runners use their voice, our collective voices to push for social change. Um, and then he, uh, he said, yes. Um, well, you know, he said that he wanted to make sure my panel wouldn't be the same as like, you know, the black girls run panel. Right. Uh, and I was like, well, uh, I'm sure that we're going to be the only black people there anyway, the two of us. So like, right. even if we did talk about <laughs> the same things, I'm sure yeah. you're going to have four or five fast people talk about being fast. Right. So like mm-hmm. the more, the merrier. Right. Yeah. But he was gracious. He was great. Um, he was actually very helpful. He got us in um, and let us kind of run with it. So, um, so then I, so then I brought in, um, so I was the moderator and I brought in for uh, three other guests um dominique burton from run girl which is a, a really dope platform yes, um, we've had that, them on the podcast before yeah. oh, that's great yeah, yeah yeah i love them um uh and then we brought jarek walker who uh used to be formerly nike running in boston who actually got me into running um and then he went over to la so he's seen kind of the growth of, of the sport in our communities of color in both la and boston and then i brought um elise lash uh who's uh captain on our running team and just um so well-spoken and also she, her, uh, she works for the Brigham and women's hospital in Boston and, um, specifically in mental health with the youth. So she has, um, she's been, we've been talking a lot, a lot about how her two worlds of running and mental health are converging. And so it was great to have her on. Um, right. so I put the panel together and just, um, and had a bunch of questions for them. Right. Um, so was- you had some really, really good questions. And before we continue going forward, I want to acknowledge too that you started Pioneers Running Club that is in Boston. So congratulations to that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So how long has that been going on? So I founded Pioneers Run Crew in 2017. Um, so I had been running. So uh, going back a bit. Uh, so I was a sprinter in high school. Okay. Pretty quick. Um, had uh, held uh, high school records in the 100 and the 200. I try to look today to try to find my times. And uh, it looks like my records were broken in 2015, 2016. So I, I held them for about 10 years. So awesome. never more. 10 years is yeah, good. <laughs> I think so too. As you can put me in the Hall of Fame for the school. Yeah, right. right? <laughs> um, so the 100, the 200, the four by one. Um, so any, nothing more than a lap, essentially. Right. Um, and then I went away to, to, to college um, and got, got away from running. Uh, and then in 2014, I, uh, so I started my career at PwC um, and I was there for, for some years and I was kind of, you know, figuring out what I wanted to do. And um, I had, uh, at the time I was at PwC, I was um, traveling a lot, um, but being in, in this corporate America and, and being one of a few black people and always being one of a few black people, um, I always wanted to figure out a way to increase diversity at the firm. So I was focusing a lot of my time doing that. Um, I had also deferred a year from PwC to go teach at the middle school that I went to because like the middle school, I owe it to the middle school that I went to that helped me kind of leave the inner city and I went to boarding school, got to run. And so I always wanted to figure out a way to help those kids. So I deferred a year, then I went to PwC and then I quit PwC like, 
it was like a random Friday. I just was like, I'm done. Um, and I was trying to figure out what to do next. And I was thinking through, um, there's a, a theme in my career, whereas no matter what I'm doing, I'm always trying to figure out a way to help black and brown people. Um, so I jumped into music festivals, um, creating music festivals because I was traveling a lot with the firm and I'm um, seeing people enjoying these music festivals, but then I'd, I'd come back to Boston and there was nothing for people of color. Um, so I started creating that, that didn't go well. Um, then I fell into a, a startup and I was there for three years and I told myself I was going to do that for three years. Um, but then I ended up founding Pioneers Run Crew while I was doing that. So the, the current te- the theme in my career has been trying to help our people um, and whatever I enjoy doing. So, um, so I, I started running in 2014 when I quit PwC and um, found myself in a mental space, um, in a bad mental space. And my buddy, Jarek, um, who, who had on the panel, he, uh, he's became a pacer for Nike, uh, the Nike run club, which was booming everywhere. Uh, I think across the country at wow. the time. And I saw him doing, it. I was like, dude, I can do this too. Um, and I jumped in, started running. I saw, oh man, it was so bad. The first time I ran more than like, you know, 400 more meters, than that lap. <laughs> my back would spaz out. I would just like fall to the ground. It was bad. But then I got into it and, uh, and I ran a marathon in 2015, like right away. Like I dove deep into it. You went couch um, to marathon, huh? Right. Crazy. You know how it is. You know how running people are. Yes. You get around a community of people and they're like, you can do it. You can do yes, it. Yes. Um, the positive so peer pressure kicks in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which was great. So I, I ran that marathon and then um, I became a Nike pacer. Um, and then I became a, a studio coach, um, a, a treadmill studio coach in 2016. Mm-hmm. And so I was enjoying running and I was trying to figure out ways for people to come join me. But, you know, where I was running was in Newberry Street downtown in the back bay um, or on the Charles in the water on the over by the water or in Cambridge. So folks never would come like none of my friends and family would come join me. Um, and if you know anything about Boston, Boston is the most one of the most segregated cities uh, in the country. Um, and so the uh like the, the people in my community the black and brown people live in like dorchester roxbury mattapan and so they would never come and run with me so in 2017 i basically brought running to to us mm, okay. with pioneers yeah yeah so just, i'm sorry go ahead india no go ahead Tom. no so you were saying um because like yeah we i don't really know boston i spent some time in boston i spent a lot of time in framingham i used to work for bose uh speakers okay. so i used to be there a whole lot but so the areas that you were just talking about, like you said, they didn't have a lot of people of color. So when you started Pioneer, you're saying you, you started the run club in the areas with the more of the, the, um, the, the black and brown people? Yeah. So I basically started it in my neighborhood because I wanted to be able to just leave my house and go run. Um, so right in Dorchester, um, I, 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 at first we met at a bar, um, you know, keep it fun try to keep people, you know, it's not just about running. It's more about creating a community. Um, and I had been to DC uh, and saw their running community there and was like, wow, we need to create something like this. Yeah. So um, try to keep it Our fun. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They were, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I created it right in Dorchester. So before you guys, were, were there any um, black and brown run clubs or run crews at all in Boston? Like, is there, I mean, just for, you know, black men run, black girls run, was there anything like that? There might've been a uh, black girls run that might've started. Um, but honestly it wasn't visible. I hadn't even heard of black girls run at the time. Um, and so I, I can't say that there was anything else. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
before before well, I started can't. before yeah. yeah before I started organizing runs for our, uh, there was nothing that I could I could find. Love it. And you I, found a need and did it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think because Black Men Run only started what 2013, so a year before you started running, so it probably would have been new anyway, even if it was um, in in the area. Yeah. Um, and social media has, has come so far since like 2014, 2015 too. Right. right? So like, I, I don't know if I would have found them. Um, but uh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So starting this run, this run club, basically just letting your friends know, hey, come run with me. Like what's been the process for you? It's been tough. <laughs> getting black people to run in Boston is yeah. really hard. <laughs> So I mean, honestly, getting black people to run anywhere, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, right? like it's not just run, it's not just Boston. It may be a little extra in Boston, but it's not just Boston. Exactly. So no, I, I hear that. Um, so at first it was, you know, it was like something new, right? And um, so I'm Cape Verdean, um, which is uh, uh, islands off the west coast of Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a big Cape Verdean community here, and I have a lot of friends. So the first year it was like basically my, my, my wife is my wife's family, my family and friends. And we were huge, but then like people just stopped, dro- started dropping like flies and it wasn't cool anymore. It wasn't fun anymore. And it was, you know, it was running. Okay. Um, and, and, uh, and so then um, we would like the, the team would obviously we have to stay consistent the way you build anything you have to build, you know, to stay consistent. So the summers are great. The first winter was tough. I'd say about 12 people consistently showed up that winter um but then that next summer i started to see the trend start where we were attracting new people but there were actually people who were moving into the neighborhoods Mm -hmm. so when that's necessarily the folks that i wanted to reach who were like the folks that are from here Mm -hmm. it was you know the people who move in and need something cool to do something um fun to do um and so i we need to start we needed to start thinking of ways to us to um to access and make our run club more accessible to the people we're trying to reach um, which I think is hard. I think part of the issue is also class um, and, um, and um, where you are along the poverty line and what your time looks like. Um, like who can just get up and go run at 630 at night? Mm-hmm. A lot of the people, so Boston, um, Boston's a very segregated city. Uh, I don't know if you saw the report on um, the Boston Globe uh, did, uh, I think last year or two years ago, um, the average, uh, the average net worth of a black family in Boston is eight dollars. Eight dollars wow. to that. to the average of a, of a white family of two hundred and something thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah, eight dollars. So that's crazy. So yeah, so if you're thinking of folks who are along that poverty line and what they, you know, what they're doing at six thirty at night, um, they're not coming to run at a bar. They're working you know? two and three jobs to make ends meet. Exactly. They don't have babysitters. They don't have, you know what I mean? Like there's, yeah. there's levels to this. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, so it's been hard. Um, it's been hard, but I think we, the way that we stay with it is um, we keep it true to, to what we want to do. So we're not conforming to the folks who are joining. We're making sure that it's accessible to the folks we're trying to reach. Um, and which means changing up where we're meeting, changing up the times we're meeting, um, uh, and so that goes a long way. And now that, you know, more people are, are interested in um, what black people have to say. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And, uh, you know, <laughs> and when I say every, when I say most, I mean like white America and, and, and corporate America. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it, they're helping us amplify our story. And so then now we're starting to reach a lot more people, especially the people who maybe are new to Boston, but they're, you know, at least they're black, they're black and brown. Um, I don't, that doesn't sound right, but like we want to make sure that our team stays diverse and we're making it accessible for the folks that we created it for. Because if you wanted to run with any team, there are a thousand run clubs in Boston. Um, so, yeah. so yeah. And I think that that's, that's where it has to be and where that's where it needs to stay. Meaning figure out your audience that you're trying to reach and the people that you're trying to reach and make yeah. it, like you said, accessible for them and figure out what are the, where, where are the pockets? Where are the holes? And I think sometimes as run groups, sometimes run groups, they, they're facilitated, but then it's kind of what the founder, not necessarily what they want, but more so um, this is how I want to run this versus these are the people that I want to reach. And this is the initiative that I have. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, okay, I started this run group. Y'all just come run with me versus this is really why I want to do this. And how can I get more people involved? And so it sounds like you have done very well in the rest of your crew with continuing to, like you said, amplify black voices and make it more accessible in Boston, which is huge. Yeah. And I, I'd have to definitely give credit to the, the captains who I, I, I realized very, very early on that I need to, I needed help. So I would kind of like find the people who showed up a lot and people who I think, you know, I like to say that I like to pat myself on the back for picking the right captains or, or, right. or, or finding the gems um, because they're all great. Um, they're five, um, six, we're a team of six. Okay. Um, and, um, and they, I mean, they carry a boatload of the work. I had a baby in 2019. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, Tommy, I know you have kids. I, I've, I heard you talk about them or, or, or a child at least. Yeah. And so, you know, you know, the, you know, you know, the struggles of that, especially in the first year. Um, so they kept it. And then honestly, at this point, um, they, I mean, they do a lot of the work, like, yeah, I'm, I'm the founder and I, I kind of try to keep a vision, but the team is, is uh, the captains are so helpful. Sydney, let me tell you something. I, my son is a little younger than your son. Um, when I saw that you had, a, when I was going through your Instagram and I saw you had a son, then I read all the stuff you want to do. I was like, when are you going to do that? <laughs> <laughs> you got a son. Why you ain't doing nothing? You better sit down. Yeah. No, just like, oh, you're a lot yeah. younger than I am. You got more energy than I do. I'm sure. But yeah, when I saw you had a kid, I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> right. I'm going to tell you that, Cindy. You go. You do everything you want to do. <laughs> well, shout out to my wife who uh, who holds it down. <laughs> yeah, yes, she holds it, it down. It takes a good woman, yes, to, to back it. But yeah, you have a beautiful son. He, he's, he's gorgeous. Oh, yeah. thank you, man. I appreciate you. <laughs> Definitely. So, of course, like Tommy mentioned, um, and you mentioned the Boston Marathon. So, in the midst of being connected and being the founder of Pioneers, did you all go out to the Boston Marathon to cheer? Or what was your kind of, how did y'all facilitate or did y'all connect with the Boston Marathon prior to all of this recent stuff happening? Like, how did you, did you mesh those two things together or were you, did you consistently have it to be separate? Uh, so to be honest with you, we, we never really gave much thought to the BAA who um, are the people who run the marathon or like the, um, the create, uh, not run the marathon, but the folks directors. who manage, yeah, directors. Man. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't, not, not any other, not any other reason I was in there. They're a big running organization that we never really thought about. But when Boston Marathon weekend came around, like we were definitely heavily involved on our own. You know, we would, we would set up a, a cheer zone. We would set up a full weekend of events for, for people who were coming into the city, who were connected to that run crew community. Um, so like we would, 
early on when I got into to the running scene and, and saw what they were doing at District Running Collective in DC, I started to, to understand like how it worked and you had to go to other cities, go show yourself. So I would go to Chicago for the race. I would go to DC. I would go to New York, you know, and I'd try to meet. And I, w- I actually went to, um, to the Berlin Marathon and met a bunch of European crews. So I like made sure that people knew who I was and where I was from. So then when they came to the Boston Marathon, it was time for me to be like, yo, come hang out with us. Um, so yeah. exactly. So it's like really building that community um, outside of the, outside of Boston and kind of building that founder community. Cause then when people, even if the founders don't come, then they're going to point their people to us. So we've been hosting um, a, like a, a marathon weekend, every Boston marathon um, since 20, 17 yeah nice nice okay so that's 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 where we were we don't do much other than that with the boston marathon or the ba which makes i mean it totally makes sense and it's kind of one of those things where you're you're setting your foundation and you're still getting the people involved and you're still showing them that we still run we do run boston where there are black people and brown people that right. run boston as well people <laughs> be like you be black black <laughs> but they're out Seriously. there somewhere yeah exactly exactly i already i got a boy in boston now i'm, I'm getting ready to hit him up like look you need to look these guys up because right, he's he's, he's a little fitness he don't like to run but he's always said if i ever made the boston marathon he run with me so i'm gonna point him i'm gonna point him in your direction nice please do definitely definitely, definitely. i have i have a couple people on my mind too that i'm gonna i'm gonna there um i have a carolyn with diversity run have you ever spoken with her Diversity Run? Yeah. No. Her her Instagram is Diversity Run, um, and she's in Boston actually. And I want to make sure that she knows about you because her platform is all about diversifying. Um, obviously, just black and brown voices and just ensuring okay. that people are out there. But Diversity Run is her social media. But she's in Boston as well, and I think she would probably love to connect with you all. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, that'd be great. Now, besides the run crew, you got a lot going on. So let's start with the reason, um, you know, you, you got a podcast coming out. Yep. I did. I saw you had the little preview, the little trailer for the yep. podcast. So first, once, tell us what the name of the podcast is. Sure. It's called Fitness in Color. Um, and so the reason why I did the, uh, so I, I, I made up the trailer to make sure that I guess the way it works for, for Apple podcasts, it takes seven or 10 days to get on the Apple podcast after you publish. So I wanted to make sure once the first episode was out, that it would be out for everyone. It's like, you know, so I put out the trailer, um, but yeah, it's called fitness and color. It's all about amplifying black voices and, and telling our stories. Um, and it's more about um, telling the stories of, of folks who are in the fitness industry, fitness and wellness industry, um, their journey in the industry. And, and then also kind of, map out what like the youth can do to want it if they want to take to, to, to take that as a career path because i think it's one of those career paths that you don't nobody really knows like mm-hmm. how do you become a fitness instructor mm-hmm. like, i don't even know right like it's kind of a, one of those things where people just like you just get into it somehow yeah, it's yeah. Not just, so, so um what, yeah go ahead oh i'm sorry i didn't mean because i saw you said season one are you planning on doing it as seasons or are you going to kind of you know how indy and i do we just kind of every other yeah. week decide to talk to people are you planning on like recording a whole season up front and then just releasing it at one time uh no i don't know I, honestly i'm still planning out uh, okay I, i'm sorry I definitely, I'm asking the question no it's totally fine no i do have so i thought about doing it in season so that i don't overwork myself knowing that i will overcommit i'm an overcommitter um but i think that i i already have four episodes ready so I will drop those and then go, I guess, week to week, month to month 
Um, so I'm still figuring out the flow of that, but, um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people are excited about it, especially since the Boston marathon, um, chat, like there was a replay today. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm getting my, my phones, like, you know, people were excited about it. Um, so I'm excited. Cool. About it. Cool. Definitely. Now it was what a very, else? Very good episode. So what else do you have planned besides the, uh, the, the podcast? <clears throat> so the podcast, um, and then, so I'm, I, the big thing that we're doing right now is called more than a run. It's a virtual 5k fundraiser um, that we are putting together and we're raising money for three organizations. Um, one is uh, a middle school in Dorchester. It's the number one culture-based learning middle school, uh, which means they teach in, they teach using African-American history and culture. Um, and then the second organization is called violence in Boston um, that help the folks that are uh, that are impacted by violence. So with their basic needs of trauma support, um, and as well as like basic needs of food, um, and, and anything else that that they may need while they're going through, um, uh, through that, through that experience. And then the third is the new uh, BU Center for anti racist research headed up by Dr. Kendi, um, which is new to Boston. So it's kind of a welcome to Boston. Um, but also, um, because they're so big, it's, it's good to, to get them in there and um, they'll help us kind of bring more, um, uh, more eyeballs to the smaller organizations. But the way I think of it is the reason why we pick three separate organizations is because we're looking at tackling and dismantling racism and, um, and racial justice work at three different levels. So we have our youth. If we're going to be teaching our youth, we're going to be teaching them based on African-American history and culture so that they know um, their history and, and they know that, um, that what, what they're up against as, as they're coming up in the world. And then you have the folks that are in the middle of it, impacted by violence every day. How do we re-educate um, and help them even like find a different path? And then we have the research that then will institute policy and kind of help, um, help, help the, the fight against racial justice or for racial justice rather. Nice. So how can our listeners or us get involved in this fundraiser? more than a run.org go out and check it um the, the the neat thing about it is so you have the fundraising portion and then you also have the race fees so the way we're breaking down the race fee mm-hmm. is we're giving a portion of the race fee to some of the to the organizations and then it's actually gonna help um fund the podcast hopefully um and also um so i'll help amplify black voices that way and then it's launching um a black owned um apparel company um i'm thinking i'm a, thinking through it as in like, if you know, Lululemon makes nice uh, athletic wear, uh, performance wear. So it's like Lululemon for the culture. Um, okay. And I'm calling it, uh, so it's, it's performance street wear. Um, and it's, it helps tell our story. So the reason why I even came up with that was as we were, as a running team, we were looking for, for running gear and we talked to a bunch of brands and sponsors and they would only want to use us when they wanted to. Um, and they would want to take our culture, tell that, you know, want us, they want us to sell their products for them. And so every time we would go to a product shoot, we were the only people of color, mm-hmm. like anybody who was doing makeup, if they were behind the camera, if they were editing, if they were like anyone else working that shoot were not people of color, they were all white. So right. I started to notice that like, the only reason they're working with us is to, to, to use our culture and take our culture. So then I figured that. I had the running team. We were creating the content. We were creating the culture. The only thing we're missing is having our own apparel that we can sell. And aside from the stuff I do with Pioneers, I, I mean, uh, 
uh, when I made the transition from corporate, I got into um, startups and I'm doing, uh, I, I do online marketing. So I have the background to how to sell stuff online too. So long story short, we're, we're, we're going to be creating that, that black owned company that, um, that we can tell our own story. So we focus on ownership and equity for us and then also owning our narrative. And so then it's not just jumping in, taking a bit of what, what's going on and trying to sell the, the product, but it's like, it's, it's rooted in, in, in the culture that we create. Right. Right. I so think, give some money and, and feel good about where your money's going. <laughs> yes, exactly. yes, yes, yes. So, I mean, it's definitely going great places and much needed places. And yeah. I, mean, I think that that's, that's awesome. It's so funny, something that you just mentioned now, just now. So on the panel for Boston, you asked a question to the panelists about, and correct, I'm sure you can correct the question for me, but what I remember it as is, there are black and brown people running these marathons and distance races. However, behind the scenes, the coaches, the leaders of these organizations are not black and brown. And it just yeah. made me kind of connect the dots to what you just mentioned as far as the apparel shoots. Like they're everybody that's doing the business stuff behind the scenes or yeah. you know, doing the aesthetics of things is, is not black and brown. Why do you think that is in regards to the running side of things? Yeah, so... The, the question uh, that was, it was a bit of controversial question to be asking at the Boston Marathon, but um, I kept hearing- I was, I was panel, a little surprised. I'm not going to lie. I was a little surprised, but I was proud. I was like, yes, y'all got to yeah. ask those questions. <laughs> you know, we, especially if they're, if they're letting us speak now, you know, let us, might as well start yelling. But yes. uh, essentially- Did your questions before, before, beforehand? Did they have to- No, vet no. Okay. No, but they did, they did, they did vet. So we, we pre-recorded it and they went through and, and kind of like edited it a bit. So thankfully, and, and shout out to them for, for allowing that. But um, right, okay. it was a good time for, for us to be able to speak. But uh, so I, I was listening to the panel and we were talking about redefining what a runner looks like. And I kept saying redefining what a runner looks like. And I was like, I'm thinking to myself, everyone, and I was generalizing a bit. So like a lot of the runners a lot of the winners of the marathons, a lot of the winners for any, any, any running kind of like um, distance are black or brown or, you know, black. And, it, and, and so I was seeing this disconnect where like, if we're winning these races, then why do we have to redefine a runner? If, if we can be able to see that black people are fast and they win these races. And then, but then when you look at who's coaching and who's um, running these media organizations or whether it be a magazine um, or a clothing company that's like all around the running, like none of them look like us. And so I was, I was asking like, why, wh what did, what did they think about that? Um, and I guess you're throwing a question on me now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and so I, I take it back to um, kind of the system of white supremacy and how they tell us uh, how we've been taught in this country um, like what we can be and what we can't be. Mm -hmm. um, and so, um, and so running is one of those things that I think in this country, it shows like the people who are winning them are amazing, um, are, are, are like the African um, Kenyans or Ethiopians and they're not Americans. So then they're going there and working with them, not necessarily trying to help the folks in this country um, that are black win those races. Um, also, that's one, that's part of it. The other part of it, um, which my buddy Jarek um, said so eloquently, was just the access. Um, inner city kids don't even have access to, to tracks. They were running in, in, in hallways in Boston, which I didn't know about. 
Um, I was fortunate enough to, you know, to, to not have to go through that experience, but, um, and then re representation, I think, um, those kids are probably not watching the Boston marathon or they're not seeing those runners out in the street. So like, how do you get into anything? You right. see someone do it. Right. Mm -hmm. And you see, you want to be it. So if they see basketball players and rappers, um, that's what they're going to want to be. They're not going to want to be, you know, uh, marathoners. Um, I don't know if that was a good answer or, but I still, I'm still thinking through it too. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think it, it definitely was a loaded question, but in a good way, right? Like it's, it's, it, it was a question that I think hopefully had some things turning in people's mind as to why things look like that. I think the first thing that I thought about when I heard the question and you just touched to it is, yes, there are black and brown individuals that are running these races. However, they're not majority of the time, not American born. Right. Yeah. And so I think that that is also where the disconnect is. And I think when it comes to media and representation, um, I think that that is what the white community say, like they say, well, black, you know, black people are winning stuff like they're winning stuff. And so they feel like, oh, that's just yeah. enough we can do everything else over here, they're winning, so it's okay. But that's yep. not how it should be, right? Like that even though we, we, we are winning, there still is a population of people that we're still not getting the media that we should. That's just like Alphine, when she won the uh, marathon Olympic trials, she didn't get much TV play. She didn't get much of anything, but she won, right? And so there's yeah. this like, disconnect between that. Um, but I also feel like there, we just have to really change the narrative with that. We have some, the second thing that I think about is here in Atlanta, we have some super fast men that could be in the trials or doing, you know, could be American born men that could be winning and women that could be winning. But it's like this thought process of, should we be towing that line? Like, do we have the ability to tow that line? And do we have the backup and the support to get us there, right? Like the mindset yep. of, should I be in that place? Because even when you're running these small town races or when you're running local races, you're not seeing yourself in the mirror, nope. right? And so what does that do to you mentally knowing that you don't see yourself in the mirror it could be defeating you at the same time. And it's not a good thing, but we want to say, you know what? You do have the ability to be in the same place. You do earn being told at this line, you are just as great as a person as these other people that are out here doing it. So I think it's a cycle of things that we have to really focus on and, and really change the narrative. And I think this is why we do what we do now. It's like, you know what? We've got to change these things. And we have some amazing people that could be towing the line and should and deserve the platforms that we have in organizations like yours to get it, get it going. And it starts early. Like you said, working with the children. It does. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a double tap, everything you're just saying there. Um, <laughs> I love it. Um, I think that even so, if you're, if you're, if you're competing at the Olympic level and you mentally, if you don't have that mental edge and you're even have a, a ounce of self doubt, mm -hmm. self doubt, then it's just like, you're not going to be, you're not going to be where you need to be. Um, so, so yes. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I just think that we have to do what we can one day at a time. And I think, you know, platforms like yours, um, with pioneers and your podcasts and things of that nature, things like ours, and you all even having the ability to be at the Boston marathon and speaking and being able to speak very candidly, I think is a window, a door open. And I think that hopefully it was heard. Um, and I think that it's, it's something that if we don't talk about it, it's not going to be even received or thought about. And that's the first step.
Absolutely. And you know, now that I have my foot in, I'm holding it open for everybody Hold else. Why, yes. why do you think I, you know, why do you think I brought in three other people and three other organizations? Well, two other organizations, it's more like we need this stage and we're going to need to, to other people to, you know, to learn about, we want those people to see other people too. Um, and so, you know, I'm going to maintain that relationship. That's I'm really good at relationship like management. So I'm going to maintain that relationship. I'm already talking to them about next year. Um, and so more of us, I will hopefully be on that stage. Right. And I think that that's very important. That's something that I look at and there needs to be some different colors at these expos. Like, you know, yeah. once the world open back, opens back up and we have these, these race expos and they have these panels and they have these discussions and they have people interviewing different, um, different athletes, like it needs to be an array of colors up there, you know, array of, array of people up there speaking, because I think our questions and how we communicate could be very different than theirs. Absolutely. And also just the small things of like who you have in that panel or who's doing the yoga, you know, who's doing the yoga for events. It's like, try, I would, I would want these organizations or the, you know, the people who are race directors to go and find diverse leaders who can represent, you know, the city that you're running in. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Yes, definitely. Definitely. And shout out to, BAA for doing the honorary Boston Marathon team for Ahmad Arbery. I thought that that was yes. really good that they they did that. So kudos to them. I think that that's really good. And you know, we all have to start somewhere. I know that there's a lot of conversation on. You know, some people are saying that these businesses are just doing this, just doing that. For me, it's a start, right? Like we we have to start somewhere, and we have to, like you said, once the doors are open, keep the doors open. Allow there to be a level of communication because if if they're not educated and we're not educated in the same way, then we can't continue to expose and have a different narrative with things yeah definitely definitely i, I do got I, so i'll be quiet <laughs> she'll get down now she she does that at least twice a twice a episode, I get on my so. sofa <laughs> like here she goes <laughs> so sydney i did have a question for you though who did your sure. wedding video man oh, your wedding wow. video was off the chain I mean, okay tommy you did your homework man dude I was oh, watching it. I was like, "Is this a is this a trailer for a movie? What is it?" I was I was really waiting for James Bond to come flying through there on a motorcycle, dude. That was got to be the best wedding video I've ever seen. About if you you guys got to go to his Instagram um and check it out. It's the, it's the greatest wedding view I've ever seen. So wow. congratulations That's on great. that. Great, thank you. Um, just to plug it, actually, so the the wedding video does have like sixteen thousand views on on YouTube, nice. which is crazy. But um, I believe my, it. Uh, I believe it. <laughs> our videographer, David H together forever films.com together forever films.com. Yes. It's yes. a friend of mine. Yeah. He killed it though. They, no, they, he did. Yeah. He did. Most definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I think I saw the teaser. I need to go on YouTube. Yeah. You need to check the whole thing out. It's, it's a great video. Really, really is. But, it's long. Yeah. It's like seven <laughs> yeah. minutes. So yeah, good luck. It's, it's, but, but it's good. It has <laughs> it's a lot very, of people talking <laughs> and you learn, I, I was listening to it because I wanted to hear how your friends spoke about you and things. So that's the reason I was listening. Everybody loves you, Sydney. I can tell. Everybody hey, loves you, man. Tommy, do you want to do some backup work for me on, on fitness and color? You, you do some really good research, man. <laughs> right? I try. I try, that's man. Great. I try. Um, but Listen, we want to thank you. Huh? Go ahead, Indy. I'm I was going to say, say, Cindy, it's just so funny because literally I, I communicated with you and I dropped your Instagram to him. And I was like, this is who we're interviewing. This is the time. And then I come back to him like, did you do your research? And he has all these things. He's like, yeah, and I saw this. I saw this. I saw this. I'm like, hey. <laughs> I, love to see, hey, I love to see brothers doing great things, man. So that's definitely why I did dig in and look a little bit, a little bit further. So I love seeing it. So 
And, and I just want to thank you for taking time out of your day to speak with us today. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I was definitely happy, um, happy to join. And I'm glad that, uh, that India found us and that I was like right on it. I was like, well, oh, these guys have a podcast. I can definitely learn something from them. So, um, so I appreciate you having us on, having me on and, um, and having me share my story. Yes, of course. Now, if they want to get it, you know, follow your story, you know, with the Pioneer Run crew and all that, give us all your Instagram, your social media, so they can keep in touch with you. Sure. So uh, my personal is Sid Bap, S-I-D-B-A-P. Um, and then from there, you can find Pioneers, um, Run Pioneers RC, um, and then Fit in Color, or Fitness in Color underscore is um, the, the Fitness in Color. But if you find me, you'll find all that at Sid Bap. Um, I do have a, a really good episode dropping for Fitness in Color. Um, I, uh, so it's going to be, yeah. So just look out for that. I, I don't want to like jinx, but I don't want to jinx it. There's a confirmation, but, um, it's but yeah, coming. check out. It's coming. Yes. Well, I'm really excited for you and um, the doors are opening and things are happening and you're doing good things in Boston community and all over, like not just in Boston, but all over. And I just want to tell you congratulations for the success that's coming to you and that is going to continue to come and keep doing it. Keep doing Thank it. Thank you. Keep, keep lifting our voices and doing what you need to do. I really appreciate, I really appreciate you. Well, thank you. I, I'm going to add one more thing, actually. So our, um, you, uh, one of our sponsors for more than a run, um, our shirt sponsor dropped out, um, kind of dropped out. So we're looking for a t-shirt sponsor. If anyone's listening that I'm um, interested in donating some performance t-shirts, that'd be great. Okay. For gotta, sure. Gotta plug that. <laughs> Yes, sure. yes, plug that. Yes. So anybody, any of our listeners that may know someone that may be able to help on that end, definitely let us know or definitely go right to um, Sydney's page and hit them up. Once again, thanks, Sydney. And uh, we'll be looking out for that, that first podcast episode. We want to stay in touch with you, okay? Yes. All right. Thank you, man. Thank, thank you, guys. Thank you. What a great interview. Yes. I mean, he's, awesome. he's I mean, he's, he's inspiring too, because I'm listening to him like, I don't want to have to do, I want to get my own thing going. I mean, he's just inspiring to uh, get your own thing going. Very entrepreneurial. I can, I can hear it in his voice even before he started all of this, how he was already, even when he was working for corporations, um, how he was already trying to use his influence for diversity. Um, That's something Mm -hmm. that I love to hear. I mean, when you can find businesses and find ways to not only fuel your passion, which for him obviously is, you know, giving back to wherever black and brown people need help and, you know, and elevating black voices. Like, I think that that is just amazing when your passion comes along with it. It's just, it's just a good pair. So that was a great episode. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sydney, for uh, accepting my DM and allowing us to (laughs) chat it up and get Mm. you on that. India dipping in the DMs, y'all. Oh, whatever. I do this when I find somebody real interesting and I'm like, hey, I need you on this podcast. I want your voice to be spoken. So, yes. yes, Perfect. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Now, India, if somebody's trying to slip into your DM, how would they do that? Be careful. I'm just joking. Uh, My Instagram is I underscore of underscore indigo, which is E N D I G O underscore run. So, that's I of indigo runs. Um, you can also find me on Facebook at India Cook, and you can also find me on my YouTube. Y'all go subscribe, show your girls some love on my YouTube channel at Miles from India, and you can find that link on my Instagram page. 
Um, and if you would like to email me, if there's any business requests, anything like that, you can hit me up at milesfromindia at gmail.com. And you can hit me up at Thomas W. Mitchell, the number two, at gmail.com. And then Team 68 on Instagram and, of course, the Run Duo Instagram page. Yes, hit us up. Another great episode, episode 67 in the book. Yes, we will see y'all in another couple of weeks. Peace.